What's going on guys? Welcome back to SpoilerCast, a hungry gamers offshoot that aims to inform, entertain and educate you on one particular release from within the geek culture universe. On this episode we are tackling a game that was released on April 28th on PC, Xbox and PS5, earning Metacritic scores of 78, 85 and 86 respectively. This spoiler cast sees us front flipping and wall running across the galaxy far, far away in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is, of course, Respawn Entertainment's sequel to 2019's Jedi Fallen Order, published by Electronic Arts. I'm your host, John Peck. You can find me everywhere at John himself, and joining me to co pilot the Mantis spacecraft through this spoiler cast adventure, it's Zach from News to Reviews. How you doing, Zach? Oh yes, I'm doing well. It's it's been a while since I've got to chat with you, Jono. I think the last yeah. time was PAX last year, and then it's it's been even longer since I got to do a podcast with you. So yeah, I could think mm. of a few worse ways to be spending Monday night. I'm looking forward to talking about <laughs> a good game with a top bloke. Let's get stuck into it. Yes, absolutely. So we'll you know setting the scene here. Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes place five years after the events of Fallen Order. Following Jedi Knight Cal Kestis, played again by Cameron Monaghan, as he fights the Empire while searching for a safe haven for the dwindling, but still very rebellious, resistance. Zach, top level thoughts, just generally. What did you think of this game? How was your experience? Because I had a really great time with it, and I'd love to know how it was for you. Yeah, no, I, I had a fantastic time with Jedi Survival as well. I think uh, Jedi Survivor, for, for me, I'd say is a must play for anyone who's a, a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even fans of just the Souls-like genre. If, if you've looked at the Souls-like genre and thought it looked a little bit, maybe too, too uh, difficult, too, too, a bit mm-hmm. hard for you to approach, I think this is the perfect way to get introduced to it because it has difficulty options in it. Uh, yes. But yeah, look, it's not without its issues, uh, which, you know, we'll get stuck into that later. But for the most part, it's an easy recommendation whether you're a Star Wars fan or not. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I am um, I am like a outside looking in fan of, of those Souls games. I just, at this point in life, don't have the mental determination and time to dedicate to uh, to mastering it. I mean... I still play tons of games, so I'm kind of just being lazy with that. But I did bump the difficulty down to like the Padawan setting on this game just so that I didn't take twice as long to <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> but um, I, I think this game was an improvement in pretty much every way to Fallen Order, which I was a fan of. Uh, trying to think if uh, it may... Yeah, I think it was my game of the year in 2019 when it came out. But um, it was also one of those games at the time where it just felt like... This was great. Can't wait to see what they do with the sequel. Mm. Uh, you know, much like we see often, sequels are often better than the original when it comes to video games just because they, they're able to do away with things that didn't necessarily work and expand and improve on uh, depth and and gameplay mechanics, which they've definitely done here. Um, you know, a lot of people dropped everything they were doing to play Zelda when that came out, you know, a week or so after this, but I was adamant on finishing this game, which I think says a lot about how engrossed I was in that story and in that experience of, of playing through it. And I actually think this is uh, the best Star Wars material we've had since the Disney 
acquisition right alongside the Mandalorian for me like that's you know it's not like I'm a, a massive Star Wars fan that watches all the movies constantly and has like them ranked in order or anything like that but just <laughs> top of my head bit of recency bias maybe that's that was my, my walk away feeling uh, I just think this is like a really fun world like it's a world we know but the, the Cal Kestis version of it it's a bit lighter and it's a bit more adventurous and, and uncharted-y, um, which... Oh, an, <laughs> all good. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit more like... It feels a bit more adventurous and uncharted-like, which, you know, when, when you're playing talking about video games, that's always going to be a good thing for me. Yeah, look, I, I completely agree with you about it, about... Uh, it it being the best Star Wars content that we have at the moment. I absolutely love it. Jedi Fallen Order, what an excellent foundation they set with that. It was my favourite Star Wars content out at the time. And yeah, I think uh, uh, Jedi Survivor has surpassed it. It's it's yeah, truly great. Sure. We'll, we'll drill down into some of the different elements that make this game what it is. So we'll, we'll start with the story, the voice work, the music, you know, everything that kind of builds into that narrative side of this game. So uh, how did you find it story-wise and everything that comes along with that? I thought it was great and I, th- I thought it was a big improvement on the first title. They The, the setup, that first level uh, where all your, your companions are or dropping off one by one, you know, we're in spoiler-free section, but it, yeah, it's the very start of the game. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it, what, what a great setup to the, the rest of the game. Um, they, they just did a great job with the characterization of all the characters. Fun, funnily enough, it almost felt a little bit more to me like a, a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, yeah. uh, story. It just, just the way it had all these wacky, wonderful characters, you know, Grease and Marin, and they, they all just, they're all voice acted to absolute perfection. And probably the one I love the most and the one who just stole my heart. And I, I think it could have been a big risk. It could have been a Jar Jar Binks, but I think they nailed it. They didn't <laughs> overdo it. And that is Turg- Turgle. I love Turgle. I'll, I'll do anything <laughs> for Turgle. Like, I just want to hold Turgle in my arms and tell him everything's going to be all right. I, I, I guess I could just relate to Turgle as Turgle is just this <laughs> poor anxiety-riddled mess. Um, yeah, I, I feel for you, Turgle, that's for sure. And, and yeah, voice acted p- to perfection by Richard Stephen Horvitz, who I believe was the voice actor for Invader Zim as well, too. Okay, so, yeah, sure. Yeah, very, very very cool and very well done and was a cool little little character they've thrown in there. But, yeah, for, for the story, I, I love the uh, uh, for the most part, um, it, but I found it a little bit uneven toward, in, in the last act, and I'll... I'll get into that obviously when we mm-hmm. get into the spoilers section um but yeah the music fantastic as well a bit bit of peppering throughout the sort of uh uh what, what would you call it like and sort of ode to to john williams sure. score like they don't blatantly play it but they just do little bits and pieces here and there and it's fantastic and reminds you you're playing a top-notch star wars game Absolutely, yeah. It's you know using the same instruments, maybe it's the same keys, whatever it is. You mm. just hear it and know that it's Star Wars, uh, without it being exactly the same. And you know, I think like you know, Mandalorian, the TV shows, even the new like the new trilogy of Star Wars movies did that as well. Like they had kind of like little bits that kind of sample the main themes that we've known for forty years or whatever it's been uh, without completely just reusing it 
And yeah, I mean, the note that I wrote down was it's hard to screw up the music because it's such a unique style that we've come to know and expect over the years. You just have to kind of nail copying that. And they did that perfectly. Uh, As you said, it reminds you that you're in that world. Um, And when it comes to, you know, the sound design, again, same thing. We know the sounds of lightsabers. We know the sounds of blasters. I don't know if they had to recreate them from scratch for this game, but it's all nailed. It's all, you know, as, as most Star Wars games do these days, it's pretty hard to, to screw that up. But, you know, throw in like the little cute sounds of BD-1 and some of the um, other oh. creatures and droids and and vehicles and, and weapons. It's, um, again, just Star Wars nailed to perfection with fantastic, what I would call A-tier voice acting across mm. the board in this game like it's very cinematic nothing ever pulls you out and makes you go like oh yeah that's right this is a video game it's on the same level as as a you know hollywood level performance i think and brendan monaghan especially is it monaghan i assume it is um i think that he deserves to be nominated for the for the annual you know awards show cameron cameron monaghan sorry that one yeah uh, cameron yeah, get, get, get right. mixed up with, with your very own Brendan White, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's a top bloke as well. Yeah. <sighs> I, didn't, I didn't know if it was Monaghan or Monaghan, but anyway, whatever it is, uh, that guy, I, I just call him Ian from Shameless. Um, <laughs> yeah, or, or, that's how uh, I knew him as well, yeah. <laughs> or gay, <laughs> gay Jesus, if you've, uh, if you've watched the show through <laughs> to the end. Uh, yeah, I, I think that he'll be, you know... Right there with Dyson Game Awards and all the, all, you know, all the BAFTA, whatever it is. Like, I think he'll be one of those names at the end of the year that is in the running for, for those performance awards because not just the voice acting, but the whole performance capture um, yeah. and the whole, everything he brings to that uh, performance and character really sells it and makes Cal Kestis a very likable hero um, who f- has a different feel to other Jedi. And I don't know if it's, a narrative thing where he's not part of the Jedi like order because they've been crumbled. He's a bit more free to be his own person. He doesn't have to stick to the rules and worry about the council and he's, he hasn't got like a master to answer to. So he's a bit more uh, free in that sense. And um, he's young and cool, which you can't say about a lot of, of uh, Jedi characters across the years. Um, so, I mean, I've seen some people say that he's like the best Jedi and I'm not going to say that he's not because I think that he's, he's right up there. You know, he's right up there for me. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. The performance was fantastic. A- absolutely A tier. And, uh, uh, I, I, I see exactly what you mean. He's, he's definitely sort of. He's definitely taking his own path. He's definitely following his own path, and it's 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 shown through a lot of the decisions that he makes along the way. Even the decision at one stage to decide to use, you know, this isn't a spoiler, I think, because it's literally on the cover of the game. You see him with a blaster in his pocket, but eventually mm. you do get a blaster, and when it's handed to him, uh, he says, you know, I, I was told not to use these, and and yeah. Bode says to him, yeah, but you know, we got to do what we got to do, and he takes a blaster, and I'm so glad that he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was such an awesome moment for me. I was just like, hell mm. yes, like give me that, give me that gun. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. been waiting for this. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, we'll talk a bit about those weapon combinations a bit more in the, in the next section. But the last thing mm. I wanted to say about the, the voice acting was, you know, as you're navigating these kind of open areas, you come across bounty hunters, droids, stormtroopers, um, and hearing the conversations between those characters as you're approaching them and they're just kind of chatting amongst themselves. Really well written. Have to give some um, shine to the writers of this game and uh really well performed those those that that banter between the droids and the stormtroopers very funny and um light to the point where if you kind of are rushing in too quickly and interrupt those conversations uh as as they're un, unfurling you kind of like oh, i wish i'd waited a little bit longer to hear where that was going <laughs> to hear the punchline or whatever but um yeah they were they were a lot of fun Oh, absolutely. As soon as I figured out that they had these little interactions between each other, I waited every single time. <laughs> and you were always rewarded for doing that. The dialogue was always hilarious. I, I remember one in particular very early on, uh, a droid standing out looking over uh, while, you're, while you're crawling across a cliff. And he's just saying, oh, wow, look at this massive crater. This is such a wonderful view. I'm doing such a good job of guarding this crater. I wonder if I'll get a promotion. Oh, no, but then I won't get to see the view. What a conundrum. And it, it's just, it's, it's so charming and it's great. And, it, and it's a good chance for them to put a lot of levity into the game as well when the, yeah. the story for the most part is, is, is uh, quite serious. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And there's a lot of different ways they <laughs> add levity to the game, whether that's uh, being able to give Cal Kestis a mullet and a uh, oh, handlebar yes. mustache. But uh, yeah, I think the um, the customization... Let, let's skip ahead to a, a presentation. We'll talk about the graphics and the performance. Uh, I think the customization okay. was a very cool add-on to this game that wasn't present in the previous previous game you, you might you can you could select like the color of your poncho basically back then yeah what are you talking about Jono? you had 40 different <laughs> ponchos to choose from what more could you want <laughs> yeah well this this time we got you know bomber jackets we got like you can mm. dress up like obi-wan kenobi if you if you ordered the uh you know the pre-order or the, the jb hi-fi bonus uh and yeah it's, it's there's like just so many cool different outfits and combos that you could mix and match with different hairstyles and different facial hair and uh yeah i thought that was just a, a cool little thing to make cal Kestis yours much like you know looking at um a game like gta with the the three the gta 5 with the three protagonists or um you know uh why, why i'm having a mind blank but arthur morgan in red dead redemption 2 like it's the same character mm. but you're able to just like slightly change the way that they come across and i thought that was fun yeah, it's great. Like you, you see a clip of someone else playing it and they go, oh, they've gone for that haircut and that outfit. <laughs> like everyone has their own cal. And for me, Canon haircut is, yes, that glorious mullet. It was great. <laughs> I love seeing it flowing through the wind when you were like gliding across gaps. It was it was fantastic. Um, I, I, I thought the lightsaber customization maybe went took it a little bit too far i don't need to change the grip on the lightsaber from a rubber grip to a wooden inlay grip but <laughs> i'm sure there's lots of star wars fans who were just absolutely creaming themselves over that that yeah. was probably the greatest thing ever to them it'd be cool if like for people like me who don't care too much about that to be able to just swap out the entire sets 
But the fact uh-huh. they've gone so hard on all the customization, they definitely listened to the fans who complained about only having ponchos to choose from in the previous <laughs> game. And yeah, they've given us so much. And yeah, customizing BD1 as well too. It's it's yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So visually, I think, yeah, this is a very uh, beautiful world that they've created here. Um, there's not as much variety as probably some other games of this size. Um, but, you know, visually, I thought it was probably like a step below like your Horizon Forbidden West level of open world um, beauty. But it, it's still up there with some of the really great open world games. And I, I think it's helped the fact that it is exclusive to the new generation. Like they don't have to make it work for the ps4 for the xbox one it can kind of make the most of that you know powerful hardware and that probably plays into some of the performance issues that a lot of people have have talked about since this game came out i think you had more of an issue with it than i did and i don't know if it's that i don't have the eye for it but i I played with performance mode um at the 60 frames per second and i really didn't notice the slowdowns or the, the stuttering or mm. or whatever it might be and I, I i'm really glad that i maybe don't have that uh that eye for it because it seems to have um bothered a lot of people yeah i, I think i've definitely been spoiled by the recent console generation all of these sony first party games running at at 60 frames per second steady with like at 1440p resolution uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart running at 60 frames with RTX on. It's just absolute wizardry and it looks stunning and plays fantastic. So yeah, I've definitely been spoiled now. I, I can really tell when I've, when I've gone from 60 <laughs> to 30, it stands out a lot. But it's not really a deal breaker for me so long as I'm getting some kind of steady frame rate, which for me, that was definitely not the case with Jedi Survivor. Now, I would say about... 60% of the game ran mostly pretty well. Like any of these smaller areas ran pretty well with just maybe a little bit of stuttering when you're in combat situations. But man, exploring Kobo, my, my frame rate just absolutely tanked. It was, it was definitely above 30, but it wasn't a consistent frame rate. And this would happen when I was just running through the environment if I was riding one of those weird chocobo looking <laughs> things, it, it would definitely happen a lot then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing that such a great game was sort of hindered by these these performance issues. Um, I'm glad it was mostly uh, in Kobo where you were dealing with that, though Jeddah did have, I did have a bit of an issue with Jeddah as well, which it was another of the larger locations. Um, but it wasn't mm-hmm. just frame rate issues that I was having there as well, too. I, I had several crashes while ex- exploring Kobo uh, and some couple, graphical yeah. issues, like really severe pop-in um, and some, some, some areas where just the, like the, the trees and stuff just won't ever pop in. It will just stay looking like this weird PlayStation 1 <laughs> texture or something. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, for, for me, it felt like one that while I can still recognize it's a great game, it just, it just needed a little bit more time in the oven, just a little bit more development time. Yeah. I did notice the pop in, especially in those large areas where you can see pretty far into the distance. That's, Mm. I feel like kind of like forgivable in that we're just so used to it in, in big games, but yeah, it's compared to 
some of those like top tier, as, as I mentioned, like Horizons are a great example. Compared to that, I think that um, it, it does stand out as not being at that A-list level. Uh, but, mm. you know, we have we have varying um, allowances that we make for games. You know, people aren't really complaining about the same thing in Zelda, which is certainly having the same issue as far as not being the high performance running 60 frames kind of thing. And you just kind of accept it. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's, a, you just have it's different standards. Nintendo different man. Exactly. Nintendo fans are bloody rabid. They will just, they'll take whatever they, they can get and they love it. Look, look, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of glad I played Jedi survivor before starting tears of the kingdom because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sort of eased me into that lower frame rate, but it's definitely been an issue yeah. for me with tears of the kingdom as well okay. too. They need to, Update their hardware. Anyway, <laughs> story for another day. <laughs> yes, um, yeah, I, I, but I think I think it does it does speak to how excellent this game is that we both had a really great time despite some of those things. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, you know the gameplay, the puzzles, the combat, the weapons we've touched on. Um, I ran with the blaster combo and the double saber. They were my two stances of choice and for people listening who are you know aren't familiar you can choose two stances out of um you know five or six different variations of lightsaber combinations uh they were my two ran with the uh the orange lightsaber but i'd love to know uh what what your preference was zach I I went with the blaster as well. I once I I got used to that range, I could not let go of that. I always had the blaster and then would change out my other stance, but the main one I stuck with was the dual wield. That parry oh, yeah. special move that you have was just absolutely goaded and and uh, yeah, I played a majority of the game like that. And I I think I changed up my lightsaber colors a little bit but i went went for i know i went for the mace windu for a while there with the purple Mm -hmm. lightsaber yeah nice nice um yeah like i I did like that they added that that was one of those things that i I mentioned at the top where you know the sequel goes a bit deeper and they added the stances which reminded me of of ghost of tsushima i know a lot of games probably do this people talk about maybe neo or, or something like that but um, it was a shame, I felt, that you had to just kind of pick two of those and concentrate on that because, you know, you, you'd invest like into the skill tree and then a new one, you'd discover a new one. And, you know, the last one that you get is the, uh, you know, the the old Kylo Ren, um, what do they call that one? Cross guard, I think it is. Yeah, the cross guard. <laughs> and by the time I got that, I was like, I'm so invested into these other two that I'm not going to use this really unless I'm forced to. So that is a shame. I feel like it would be good if you could kind of more easily alternate between them. But I did think maybe this is an allowance for replayability. New Game Plus, you know, you can go back uh, with a a bunch of other cool add-ons that they've included for for New Game Plus and and play it in a different way that kind of changes your experience, keeps things fresh if you are going through the, the story again. Yeah, look, I, I, it was an issue for me for sure, only be able to choose between two stances at a time. It felt like with, with five stances there to choose from, it was so limiting just to have those two to choose from. And I, I think the down, down on the directional pad was tied to doing stuff with, with BD1, which is very necessary for a lot of story stuff, but I would have much preferred to, had, to have had a third 
stance slot or figure out a way that we can change it up on the fly like just changing the menu that that would have been great uh, but really it's, it is just a little nitpick because these new stances were just so much fun to play around with um, particularly the blaster was was just so good having that that range on your enemies um, and yeah god the, the I did really like the double the double blade as well too that was great for reflecting back those mm. those laser laser beams Anything that reminds me of Darth Maul, I'm like, yes, let's do this. Uh, (laughs) The puzzles, I felt like, you know, they were never ridiculously hard, but they did require you to stop and use your brain a little bit. I did like that they incorporated some abilities with BD1 uh, to to Mm -hmm. solve some of those puzzles. Um, But I, I had the same issue as I did with God of War Ragnarok, where you're revisiting a lot of locations in this game because they've created such large environments bigger than they have in in the previous game so you you find something you know a cliff or a a room that's locked or a um you can see like a a chest or something that you can't open and and i'm like is this for new game plus is this something i'm supposed to come back to later is there a solution here that i'm not aware of do i have to keep looking do i have to forget about it um, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and that's a frustrating thing for me as a, as a player because I'm like, okay, do I like make a note of where this is on the map? That's never going to happen. I'm never going to come <laughs> back here. I'll just forget about it. <laughs> um, and that that's just the nature of um, of the choice that they made to have these larger settings that you return to. I think. Yeah. So that that wasn't an issue for me. I'm I'm one of those brain broken people who just loves chasing after platinum trophies and the idea of 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 approaching something and sort of figuring out okay it's clear i need a ability or power in order to solve this puzzle and coming back to it later i absolutely love i loved going back through and exploring once i had fully upgraded cal to take on all those interesting side bosses and i, I thought the puzzles were just a great way to break up the the combat and reward you for exploring uh, the environments, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought they didn't overstay yeah. their welcome. You know, they weren't too intense. There was no, I don't think it was any puzzles which really stumped me for more than a few minutes. Um, but but it was yeah, great to break up the gameplay like that. And and they added these areas. I can't remember exactly what they called them, like Jedi Guardian Temples or something. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, it was like the Force Temples or something. I, yes, I don't know. yeah. And that, that, from what I gather, is their response to, like, Breath of the Wild, like, adding these temple areas that you can go to and have unique puzzles that you have to solve to get a power-up or to get a special ability or ability point or, or whatever it might be at the end of, of that um, unique puzzle. I, I didn't do all of those. I haven't chased the Platinum, but uh, I'm guessing you have or you're going to go back to all of those no, yeah I, I i wanted to make sure i knocked it out before i started zelda and yeah it was like a couple of days before i managed to to uh, get the plat for this one so nice yeah nice. There, 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 I, there was one that bloody got me uh oh look i, I won't <laughs> say because it's a solution to a puzzle and I'll, I'll leave that for spoilers later on sure uh, but yeah so one thing that I did like that they removed as far as the gameplay and traversal was the first game had a huge reliance on these kind of slippery dip sliding sequences where you're just constantly... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember like just like sliding down really long <laughs> p- paths and having to like 
platform and jump over gaps and they removed that thankfully there's like small versions of it but they're just very brief they're like normal um, there are normal amounts of them compared to it seemed like they loved it the first time around um and in the same way they removed that they added a couple of new tweaks to platforming that made you feel even more powerful as a jedi like there's the dash in the air uh there's the the dashing through the the green uh walls that lets you use your ability again it's very celeste like it reminded me of, of those kinds of platforming tricks that we've come to love over the years so i respect that they tried to mix it up and just um add a bit more platforming finesse to this one. Oh, some of those force tears where they'd they'd have you you'd be in the air for the entirety of the level like for a full two, two minutes because you're you're swinging on ropes and you're 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 air dodging through shields which gives you an extra air dodge to use again yeah. which you use to get across even further. Some of them took me like 10 to 20 attempts to to get through some of those mm-hmm. and that they were a lot of fun as well too very respawn you know you're feeling the titanfall yeah. dna there when you're uh, doing the wall running and stuff but but yeah it was a lot of fun and i'm, I'm definitely glad they pulled back on doing the slippery dips though <laughs> they were definitely yeah. a bit much in jedi <laughs> forward order yeah and the, kind of the last thing i wanted to say as far as the gameplay was uh the side quests like they they went to a, a long way to add new mini games and challenges and and you know there's these there's bounty hunters that you can take down there's a kind of mm. gambling mini game there's challenge rooms where you have to do some kind of combat challenge uh within a time limit or a, a traversal challenge and they just mix things up as you're exploring the world and come across these um collectibles you know you're finding a lot of collectibles so it mixes it up when you find one you go oh it's not just you know another color to paint bd one it's actually gonna give me a different gameplay experience yeah that yeah that was great have you defeated all the bounty hunters no i i i actually found it um i didn't go looking for them i kind of just ran into some of them like by happenstance and i haven't um i haven't I, I kind of wished that I ran into more of them I, without having to go exploring to find them, but uh, I'm guessing something cool yeah. happens once. Yeah, okay. It's definitely All a right, post-game to... thing, but but I definitely recommend uh, seeing that, that side quest through to the end. Very cool. Okay. All right. I might have to YouTube that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about just some of the nitpicks and gripes and bugs that we experienced before we move into the... Uh, a spoiler territory. Uh, was there anything that you wanted to shout out that hasn't been discussed as yet? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, combat fantastic. The Souls-like gameplay is great. Parrying is amazing. It never ceases to to be satisfying when you deflect a laser back at one of your enemies. Um, yeah, fantastic gameplay. Cannot cannot fault it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if we're talking about nitpicks and gripes, I think my main issue was the lack of locations in this game. You revisit the same, feels like like maybe three areas multiple times, and then there's a couple other ones thrown in there. Um, and there's a new one that I remember visiting kind of later in the game, and it was like, oh, finally, it's like something different. I feel like I've been in, you know, Jeddah and Kobo for like at least 50 or 60% of, of this 
runtime. So by that point, um, yeah, I was getting very much over those same plants, even though they are jam-packed with secrets and extra areas to uncover mm. and side quests or rumors, as they call them, that I still hadn't gotten through all of. But I just wanted to see something different. Um, so that was probably my main um, issue. And I, you know, I did think it was clever the way they um, threw in those shortcuts to let you get to a point sooner and having it more of an experience of, um, you know, getting around this level to, to make, it kind of like draws it out, but then lets you avoid that, that long experience when you are retreading. Cause that would have been pretty frustrating. Um, but yeah, that did to, that did lead to just reusing the same environments. And I think when it comes to a game like this, you know, Star Wars, we want to see the, the desert planet, the ice planet, the, the green planet, the, the planet in the sky. Like you just kind of want that, mm variety because it's a different flavor and um that was probably my main issue yeah i'm totally there with you with that criticism I th- like my biggest issue aside with with jedi fallen order which is the the performance issues that i had and the the bugs and whatnot everything else is yeah definitely just nitpicks and and small issues and gripes and and yeah that the, the lack of variety in the planets i i definitely felt that it would have been nice for there to have been one more decent planet like decent area to explore something closer to the size of Jeddah. as you mentioned you really only have two larger areas to explore kobo is just absolutely massive you do spend most of your time exploring kobo it would have been cool if maybe they just pulled back a little bit on kobo and and yep and and looked at, at doing another planet or preferably we'll, we'll, we'll get into this later on as spoilers a, a later location maybe having a bit more to do there uh but yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you with that criticism and yeah my my other nitpicks were just around the 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 uh, uh, the, the slots for the the stances that i already mentioned before um but i think that I felt this with Jedi Fallen Order and I I certainly feel it with this title that the Souls-like checkpointing that they do has just become completely redundant. There's so many checkpoints. They are absolutely everywhere and so many shortcuts. You're right where your battle is basically anyway. So it Mm kind of just becomes tedious to just do this quick run through 30 second run through a few enemies to get to a boss fight over and over again uh they don't punish you very much for losing you you lose like all your all the experience points you gain but the levels that you've already accrued you still have and all you have to do to get that back is just hit, hit an enemy so it just the the punishment wasn't there for failing and the the checkpoints just i don't know it, it feels weird in the Star Wars universe to kill a bunch of stormtroopers and then go sit down for a minute and then all those same stormtroopers are just <laughs> back there it doesn't work narratively and i don't think it complements the the gameplay at all yeah and it almost benefits you to lose against the boss because then there's like a heal like if you get your life force back so to speak it heals you completely so you can use that as an extra med kit basically um yeah well i noticed when you would uh hover over or, or get your life force back um it would refill your blaster ammo as well too so i made sure to use all that that up as soon as i got in there and then when the health got low go refill that blaster ammo and my health so yeah there you go 
tactics, tips and tips, uh, tips mm-hmm. and tricks from uh, from Zach. Uh, okay, well oh, let's yeah. let's just give give our final thoughts before we move into spoiler territory. For me, my final thought is a question: Is this the best Star Wars game ever? That's a that's a big question. I I'm not the I'm not the biggest Star Wars game fan, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. Like it's it's hard to beat the nostalgia of Star Wars Battlefront Two back on the PS2 back in the day. That was some real good stuff. Um, but it, I I think if this had released with all of these issues ironed out and, and, you know, give it a couple of months once it's had a few patches and it is running at a, a decent frame rate and people aren't experiencing these issues, then I think it would be very safe to give it an accolade like that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I've probably got it up there with KOTOR. It's a different type of game and KOTOR probably hasn't aged so well being that pre-Mass Effect Bioware with where, you know, everything draws to a halt as you make your combat decisions it's it's very dated these days but um kotor remake whenever if that ever comes out could take the the crown but i'm going to give it to uh jedi survivor just just you know let's just call it maybe recency bias if you're not happy with what i'm saying but uh to everyone else this is the best Star Wars game. Um, <laughs> and uh, shout out to Phantom Menace on PS1 because that was an awesome game too for a not so awesome movie. Oh, yes. You could also reflect lasers back in that one, I yeah, remember. That was yeah. awesome. good. Good. There's good always time. a bigger fish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, right. I think uh, Jedi, Jedi Survivor is a worthy successor to Jedi Fallen Order. It's it, it's yeah, just a bit of a shame it was hampered by these performance issues and whatnot. But I I would have totally yeah have, have agreed with you. Yeah, and looking at the Metacritic score, it seems to be worse on uh, PC compared to the the mm-hmm. console uh, cousins. So if you are yet to pick it up. I'd suggest maybe go with the console. Uh, there's been probably a couple patches by this point. So as of hearing yeah. this, the game's probably running a little bit better than it did uh, at release. It's, it's a little bit better, yeah. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> God, the user score on Metacritic right now for the PC version is sitting at 2.8. So yeah, definitely... I know that there is a lot you get you get a lot of review bombs and stuff like that, but I'd of still course, say yeah. it, it, I'd wait for <laughs> a lot of patches on PC. All right, well, that is the spoiler-free section. We're going to move into the spoiler, the uncharted space of spoiler territory. Uh, And we're going to start it off with a recap of the story. We'll kind of tag team this as we go through the dot points. So five years after destroying a Jedi holocron, we've got Jedi Knight Cal Kestis working as a resistance fighter under Saw Guerrera. He teams up with his friend Bodhi Akuna to steal military data on Coruscant. And during the mission, they are confronted by the Ninth Sister who kills all of their allies, but is ultimately defeated by Cal, leaving only he and Bodhi as survivors. Despite their efforts, the Empire has grown more powerful. With their ship damaged, Cal seeks help from Grease on the planet Kobo, which is threatened by the Bedlam Raiders led by Ravis. Cal activates a device called the Forest Array and has force visions of two Jedi who discovered the hidden planet of Tanalor. Cal frees the Jedi Dagon from hibernation but discovers that he has fallen to the dark side and escapes with Ravis and the Bedlam Raiders. Realizing the importance of Tanalor... 
Cal, Bodhi, and Grease repair their ship and head to Jeddah, where Seer, Marin, and Eno Cordova are working with the Hidden Path Resistance Organization. They research Tanalor to learn about its history. Cal and his companions decide to search for three compasses that can navigate the Kobo, Kobo sorry, abyss. During their journey, Cal and Marin share a kiss. <laughs> Woo-woo. They managed to salvage one compass after defeating Ravis and Dagon. However, Bode is, is, is it Bode or Bodhi? I don't, I don't I can, know. I've been saying Bode. Let's, this let's go. Sh- uh, shout out to uh, to to uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze in um, what's, what's that movie from the uh, from the eighties? Uh, oh fuck! I think I know what you're talking. Is it like Breakpoint or something like yeah, that? Yeah, uh, Swayze, Keanu Reeves. They've remade it. Point Break. Yeah. Break point. point break. Point oh, break. I had it backwards. Well, break point. Let's say sh- shout out to, to shout out to point break. Let's go with Bodie. <laughs> Bodie, it is. Bodie betrays them, fatally shooting Cordova and stealing the compass. Cal pursues him and discovers that Bodie is a fallen Jedi. The Empire attacks the Jedi Archives on Jeddah, resulting in Seer's death. Cal tracks Bodhi to the Nova Garan system and confronts him, learning about Bodhi's past and his deal with the Imperial Security Bureau, ISB. Bodhi escapes with his daughter, Kata, and the Compass. Cal embraces his darkness to escape the Imperial Garrison, but stops himself from going too far. He recovers a recording from Kree, explaining how to use the arrays on Kobo to open a path through the abyss. Cal and Merrin fight Bodhi to protect Carter and finally defeat him. They mourn the deaths of Seer, Cordova and Bodhi and decide to adopt Carter. They plan to make contact with the hidden path and relocate them to Tanalor, which is now under their control. Um, so that's the story uh, summarized by ChatGPT. So it's pro- probably missed a few things here and there, but uh, we don't want to be here recapping all day. Zach, let's talk about the biggest moments, I'm looking at what we've both written down and we might go uh, kind of chronologically. So let's start with what you've got there, the opening level and first arriving on Jeddah. What was it about that that uh, stood out to you? So the opening level, as I mentioned earlier, you're starting with this this ragtag group of characters who they, they've done a great job at characterizing all, all those different uh, different guys and gals, though I don't ask me any of their names because I do not remember now. I played this weeks ago, but them being picked off one by one, and Bodhi being the only one who survived uh, that that whole ordeal, uh, which you know, <laughs> considering the big turn later on, makes a little bit more sense why he managed to escape that whole situation. But yeah, that that was just such a great way to start to kick off the game. Uh, Cal has this moment where, in in a in a in a rage, once he defeats the ninth sister, I believe it's implied that he he, he cuts her head off. Right? I'm pretty sure you see it sort of roll a bit out of frame. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Some fucking dark shit right there, Jedi chopping <laughs> off heads. Uh, but yeah. I, I I was into it, and you could really feel the weight of Cal's actions. He he, you could definitely feel that he was he was uh, reeling with his choices and the the grief of losing his crew. 
uh, uh, throughout the start of that opening level, and 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 they did a great job with it, with the opening of Jeddah as well too. I think one of the greatest strengths with the story here was having this four or five year time gap. It allowed for not only um, things to obviously progress when we aren't around with the different characters and their relationships, but yeah, we're sort of unraveling the mystery throughout the start of the game of, of where Cal is and his life at this time and, and where all these characters uh, have ended up. And um, getting to see Marin once again, who was one of my favourite characters from Jedi Fallen Order, who I, was, I really wasn't expecting a space witch to just be thrown into the mix <laughs> right towards the end of the game, was was fantastic. The whole event when you arrive at Jeddah and the entire place is, is under a, a, a massive uh, a sandstorm. Um, and you're you're fighting off enemies at once. At one stage, you you have to fight off. A, a, is it AT AT? Is that the is that the chicken walker? An ad at yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Have so. to fight fight the ad I don't know. Um, that that whole segment was fantastic. So it was a great way to reintroduce Merrin once again and and sort of show how Merrin and Cal's relationship has has progressed throughout this this time gap. And also just lots of fun Star Wars action, fighting off enemies through a sandstorm and riding giant space giraffe things. Great. The Spammels. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I, th- th- those, those levels there really, really stood out to me. What did you think of them, Jono? Yeah. Um, I did like the, the whole kind of like uh, captive uh wookie trick that they play in the opening level where cal's um the prisoner of of those two big lugs that end up being his allies um you know Mm. it's a it's a good way to introduce like they, they do a great job of introducing the mechanics and the controls of the game slowly as you go through and you know use your jedi mind trick on someone and you're doing all these different things to kind of just slowly uh Refamiliarize yourself with with how this game works and who the different characters are that you need to know um and then yeah so f- from there and then you mentioned turgle before i think you've uh, probably gushed <laughs> about him and and that the experience of rescuing him leads into walking through the cantina for the first time and i thought that was a really cool um moment for me just to see them capture that feeling that you get from you know especially star wars a new hope and, and going into moss eisley and seeing the kind of uh who's who of, of freaks and geeks that hang out there and the the random music that's playing and all the people you can talk to and recruit from around that area to to head back to the bar um that was a really really cool setting and location i thought yeah it was it was the, the first time walking in there I, i'm not gonna lie i was a tad bit disappointed because I was expecting that the whole thing, you know, tons of different characters in every single corner and the band doing the, (laughs) you know, I I had my, my, my mind sort of set in that when I heard Cantina. Uh, But by the end of the game, once you meet all these different characters, mostly on Kobo, but also throughout other places in the galaxy and your Cantina slowly gets more populated, you meet like a DJ and they rock up and they have all these different tracks that they play in their Cantina that you can choose from. They have that really charming butler bar robot that that's fantastic. Um, But you have the the fish tank upstairs with that really cool 
shrimp guy that that's just just <laughs> hilarious who you can listen to his stories as well um yeah but by, by the end of the game the cantina was was yeah always a joy to to hmm. walk through and see what what's happening with all the locals yeah watching literally watching the flowers bloom on the rooftop as well i didn't really understand yeah. like the point of that i was like is this gonna like Am I going to like use these to craft med kits or something? But it was just literally an aesthetic thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, it wasn't a bother for me. I was, I was like, yeah. oh, it kind of because they that you could uh, collect seeds in the previous game and you'd sort of see them growing in the terrarium just on the ship, but they've just decided to go, yeah, fuck it, just have a full garden on a rooftop, and like you know, it is it is pointless. You don't get any boons from it, but I thought it was a, a bit of a bit more of an interesting and creative way of of handling that that collectible. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned experiencing Marin's powers on Jeddah at that point where you escaped the, the sandstorm and the enemies and everything that was such a cool sequence it was very kind of like a almost like a naughty dog uncharted-esque kind of platforming traversal just a wild ride that you know begins and ends and you just kind of have to take a breath at the end of it and go whoa like that was intense that was you know spectacular very cinematic um and it kind of in, ended with that kiss between uh between cal and Marin. i didn't really see it coming as far as a relationship i didn't remember Marin from the first game um, okay wow because you know it's been four years and I, I probably should have watched like a previously on jedi star wars jedi um but i didn't so i was just like cool chick um don't understand the, the backstory here between them but it was um she was presented really really well and as, as kind of like a a almost not, not quite a yin to his yang but they, they're different enough in their personalities and their powers that you kind of go yeah this is a this is a pretty cool combo and i'm sure that we'll mm. see more of um more of her in potentially the next game um the next huge moment that I thought was the big twist with Bodhi slash Bode um, of him actually betraying everyone and attacking, um, you know, your base there on, on Jeddah and being a secret fallen Jedi. What do you think of that? Look, I didn't particularly see it coming. I knew something was going to happen with Bodhi. There was, there, there had to be something hints, yeah. because, you know, there was just all this, oh, you know, he, he really wants to look after his daughter. He's a dad. That's his whole thing. Um, but I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought either he was going to die, you'd have to avenge him or, you know, who, who knows? For me, I, at, the, at the moment it happened, I, I enjoyed the twist, but then the more I thought about it, I, I, I remembered that, and it's been four years since I played Jedi for, oh, I think three years, I think I played it when the PS5 version came out, but I, I, I don't remember 100%, but I'm pretty sure they did the same thing in Jedi Fallen Order, where there's a secret Jedi, but in Fallen Order, it was Seer. And in this, it, it was bowed. So it was like, oh, okay, I get it. You're doing the third act secret Jedi thing once again. I, I, I did like it in the moment. I thought they did a good job with it. It was just on on reflection, realizing they kind of followed a very similar formula, formula to the first one. 
Um, put it this way, I hope they don't don't do a secret Jedi in the next title. <laughs> if they do it again, then it then it's just okay, guys. It's, it's that's a bit much. Yeah, I guess it's just because you've seen him fight so much with the jetpack and the guns, and you're just thinking yeah. like, you know, he's just a really good Han Solo kind of dude. Like he's just the he's just a scrappy go get him fighter, and uh, he's actually hiding these lightsaber powers and force abilities and it just kind of you know i i felt that it was an effective twist and of course it leads almost straight into the appearance of darth vader which you're always Mm -hmm. hoping for in a game like this especially after the first game did so well to incorporate him but fighting a seer i think was a fun way to kind of make it a bit different than uh than that first time around yeah this was this might have been my favorite sequence of of the the entire game just the the betrayal and then leading straight into the uh the empire's attack on the hidden paths base in Jeddah was great and yeah get, changing things up by how to play as seer for a little bit was was really cool as well too especially considering what happens to see when all that culminates? But yeah, getting to really flex her powers—you you, you take on a lot of stormtroopers and you just slaying them down left and mm. right. Uh, Using—I think you're using—you uh, used bombs or something that you would would launch at the ATSTs to destroy those as seer, and that was really really cool as well too. Such such a great sequence, and obviously culminating in. Probably my favorite boss fight of the entire game, which was your fight with Darth Vader playing as Seer. It kicked my ass. I think it took me like 15 or 20 tries to finally take out that bastard. Particularly when we've been playing as Cal the entire time and then you're thrown yeah. in, into the shoes of another character. It was, it was very, very challenging. But, oh my, was it satisfying to finally defeat Darth Vader and the conclusion was just mm. it was emotional damage it was i wasn't it was i was an emotional wreck after that one yeah i i didn't have as much trouble because as i mentioned i was playing on an easier difficulty but yeah i can imagine that would have been quite a challenge something we didn't talk about in the um in the, the spoiler free section was the accessibility options on this game mm. not only is there obviously a range of difficulty but there's the ability to add like a slow motion combat uh, feature that you can control in quite a bit of, of um, detail. So if you if you want like a little bit of assistance, you just want to slow things down a little bit, you can do that. You can do that while playing on the hard difficulty if you want to still have to avoid damage as much as, as you can. So they really kind of let you control exactly how difficult you want this game to be, which I think is um, uh, a nice touch compared to, you know, some some games out there let's 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 just say for example zelda which doesn't give you like any options at all as far as mm-hmm. you know re- remapping anything pretty much whether it's controls <laughs> or difficulty or anything so um yeah you can swap the jump and dash that's yeah, it that's it <laughs> you can't you can't <laughs> even change the bri- you can't even edit the brightness on on that game but you know <laughs> nintendo does whatever they want that's that's just as we said a story for another day um the next cool moment for me i thought was you know you um infiltrate the empire garrison we mentioned before and 
there's a section where you disguise yourself as you know one of the I can't remember the the title of of people of those guys, but you know the the empire bad guys you dress up in the suit was it the isb i think it was yeah something very innocuous imperial security bureau you're one of the commanders or whatever it's just i just love in games when you can like walk around enemies in disguise as an enemy and it was fun because you could just go up to them and chat to them and like kind of uh mess with them a little bit and use the force powers to get through the doors and like that that was just a fun sequence for me that was taking a step back from the action but um you know having having a lot of fun with the narrative elements of uh of being hidden in plain sight i guess and it then leads to this the sequence where you uh meet Bodhi's little kid and that starts to draw up all that conflict of you know um starting to sympathize with his story of losing his wife and having to raise this child. And that was why he had to do what he had to do. And I I think, you know, anytime you have a villain that is, has good intent or good motivations behind, I guess the terrible decisions that they've had to make, that always makes things a bit more uh, interesting and raises the stakes and the the tension a bit. So I, I thought that that was really well handled. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, but Bodhi's motivations didn't particularly work for me. It didn't make a lot of sense to me that Bodhi would want to... Like, it makes sense he wants to go to Tantalor with his daughter because it'd be safe from the Empire. But if it's... Is it just literally just going to be him and his daughter? <laughs> I can't think of anything yeah. more horrifying. It's just them two together. It's it's like being in a, a prison the size of a planet. It, it sounds awful and she's going to grow up super, super fucked up. So, <laughs> I, I think he, he needed to think about this plan yeah, uh, for, for a little ahead, bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed him as a character, yeah. but yeah, his motivation seemed a bit bit wacky to me. I guess you would have thought he'd prefer to be there with all the Jedi than yeah. by himself. But I guess if, if that was the case, then he might have been fearing that eventually the Empire is going to find us here. They're going to come here and wipe us all out. So it was like, this is the only way I can keep her alive. And that's better than any other alternative. But yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, Let's talk about maybe least favorite moments, nitpicks and gripes. I didn't have any major ones. I mentioned like not remembering yeah. Meryn. So I personally didn't like need that romance angle, but, and, and I'm kind of a fan of not kind of shoving romance into stories when it's not like a, a romance story, like a, a rom-com or whatever, or a love story. Um, I don't think it's necessary, but I, I do understand that it's a crowd pleaser and, it's more that maybe I just think that romance and Star Wars aren't really a, the best combination. It hasn't always worked out the best in the past, whether it's Anakin yeah, and Padme well, I- or, or like <laughs> Kylo and, and Ray. I'm just like, why are you two kissing? Stop it. Like, yeah, yes, yes, or Luke and his sister. I'm glad at least this one, they're not going the weird incestual tinge that they seem to go with in the movies mm. over and over again i'm i'm, I'm not into it um but yeah. for me for me i i loved marin and cal's relationships i'm one of them normies one of them, them <laughs> one of them people in the crowd that's pleased by this stuff um I, I do not like it when it's when it's shoehorned in and it feels like it doesn't fit well into the story but something about their connection i could see 
how they would work where, you know, Cal has, is the last, uh, one of the very last of his kind, uh, whereas Marin is also one of the last of, of her kind as well too. And they're both sort of trying to hang on to their yeah. Yeah. culture, but also learn learn from their past to improve on their uh, their cultures in the future. And, and just the, the way they sort of connected over that, um, but also complemented each other in a lot of other ways. I feel like Marin was very much the... Uh, the voice of reason throughout uh, mm-hmm. Jedi Survivor, and I, yeah, I, I loved their their dynamic. I thought it didn't. <laughs> I see what they were trying to do with the whole mum and dad Cal Marin thing with Carter, but for me that didn't work in particular. So yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird at the end. It's just like, hey, we killed your dad. Now, do you want to come with us? Yeah. So there's the whole showdown and like literally you, you have that the the two minute interaction in the ISB base or whatever and then a, a, a two minute interaction with Carter before going into the boss fight against Bodhi and you just sort of like you know chat with her and and sort of say oh yeah he's he's in the wrong here and she somehow ends up on your side and sees her own no father. Loyalty. No What kind of kid is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just could not imagine, no matter what Cal or, or, or Marin could have said to her, that would have made her okay with them shooting her father right in front of her eyes. And so she was yes, just so chill. I'll just come hang out on the spaceship with you guys after, after you've killed Daddy. No worries. Fan theory. They, they used the yep. Jedi mind trick on her (laughs) she's under their control (laughs) hey you know what Cal does use the he he does use the mind trick for some nefarious reasons uh throughout Jedi Survivor like there's a there's a side character that you meet that wants to be out exploring Kobo and for her own good I guess he uses Jedi mind tricks to get her to go back to the uh, cantina but that so felt a bit trophy. odd to me <laughs> yeah, you gotta get that trophy so you gotta yeah. take away the free will of the the, the people of Kobo uh, but yeah yeah that, that that would be an interesting explanation I'm really hoping it seems like they're setting up uh, it's something to do with the daughter uh, for for the third installment of, mm-hmm. of the Star Wars Jedi series. So I'm really hoping maybe we're going to see her become an antagonist, like grow up and realize, hang on, mm-hmm. it was a little bit fucked up that Cal shot me that. <laughs> <laughs> and then joining the dark side and, and seeing yeah. where that goes. Uh, I'm down. All right. Let's see it. Uh, you've got a couple other here <laughs> listed, the, the Dagon and, and Ravis boss fights you weren't the biggest fan of. I, look, the I think the Ravis one in particular disappointed me. I, I think I'm just uh, I've been spoiled a little bit by by from software games at this point, where they have these really really epic boss battles where bosses will have these second health bars and second forms where they just turn into these ridiculous monstrosities, and it's sort of teased out early on in the game that Ravis is just a bunch of tentacles underneath his armor. So I was very much hoping we were going to see most of that armor just fly off and just a whole whole bunch of tentacles and a giant mess of a boss fight to fight. 
The second form, he does. I think I believe he does lose uh, one of the, one of the pieces of armor comes off the arm, and he starts swinging the tentacles around, which I thought was was you know it was pretty cool. But I, I thought there was more interesting things that could have been done there. And then as far as the fight with Ravis, it, it was a fun enough fight, but. I guess because it felt like they were setting up Ravis to be the big bad. When I finished it, I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, that's it. The the fight's just over now." Um, but obviously, yeah, they were they were holding off for the big final act with uh the big Bodhi reveal. So yeah, I don't know that th- those boss fights maybe just fell a tad short for me. Yeah, I I think I enjoyed all the boss fights, but again, I was playing on an easier mode where it was just hard enough that i had to like try really hard i didn't really have to go crazy with like the strategy and all that kind of thing it was more um narrative effect in 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 those in those encounters for me so um that's what i was i felt like playing at the time there's there's definitely i think a bit of nuance to, to each battle that there is kind of you know the way that you fight them they have different um abilities and attacks that you have to kind of uh maybe learn as as you fail which is um i think always a good approach in a game like this but um yeah maybe maybe they you know if you stack them up against FromSoft, maybe it is going to fall short but um that's what this this game is in in terms mm. of the combat it's 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 from soft light so it's never going to be exactly that because it's a star wars it needs to be more accessible they want to sell you know millions and millions of copies not the elden ring didn't but it's a it's a different kind (laughs) of um it's a different kind of market that they're going for for sure oh look look it's this was not about the difficulty at all it was the uh more how do i put it sort of the extravagance of the boss fight i guess <laughs> a bit of a, a, a interesting way to describe it but yeah i was uh, like some of the, if some of the bosses you see in from software are just ridiculous like a you know a giant snake right with a, pulling a sword out of itself it, like you know like, obviously it's not going to get that ridiculous <laughs> okay. in a star wars game but i thought ravis was going to go somewhere crazy with with tentacles but yeah. uh they 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 held back a bit on that it was cool fighting dagon and seeing him like having one arm but still using the force to control his lightsaber like i thought that was a, mm-hmm. a pretty cool um a- approach that you don't really see a lot of force ability controlling lightsabers in, in a fight yeah i love that the way he'd, he'd, he'd throw it around himself and then he'd break them up and throw them each separately uh that yeah that was fantastic and even at one point he, he creates himself a force arm uh, in in the boss fight, it, it, yeah, yeah, very very cool idea, very cool concept. Yeah. Cool. Well, we might go into the ending, the final battle with Bodhi, and the you know the cutscenes that follow, and what's next for the um for Cal Kestis and his crew. Uh, I thought it was a cool fight towards the end. Like from that narrative perspective, I appreciate kind of the uh, the reluctant battle trope, which for me it re- reminded me of. Um, the last of us two part two climax where uh you know playing as ellie you kind of don't really want to hurt the other person but you kind of have to and you've got that kind of conflict of like well i guess i got no other choice um so i yeah i enjoyed that from that perspective and i think as far as you know we got the cut scene with the you know classic kind of jedi funeral 
sequence and then uh, I, I suppose the story will continue with more Cal, more BD, more Grease and, and Marin. The battle's not yet over. It's hard to know exactly where it will end just because we know from this universe that uh, something must happen to Cal. I don't know. He's not going to, you know, Ray was the last Jedi or whatever. Um, it wasn't mm. Cal Kestis. Uh, but I don't know. I hope that um, I hope that it's somehow because we've established the kind of the timeline of this being in between prequels and original trilogy. I hope that it somehow leads into events that are related to you know Rogue One or A New Hope or something. Even if it's just like a small kind of like you know this is a resistance. There's a resistance that exists that we know about i just hope that it, it's maybe the the early um influence that that has a, a legacy later on so it is significant to this world i think that would be a, a cool way to cap things off in the next game what do you think about yeah the, the thing the, yeah the, the the whole um <laughs> carter being chill with a dad being murdered thing <laughs> aside i i did think that final battle was was great i i was very disappointed with tanalore it very much is like, you know, it looks kind of pretty, uh, but there's nothing to, to do or yeah. explore there. I was really hoping that we we're going to be getting this one last area to explore and do a bunch of side quests or, or you know, see some of the characters from Kobo make their way over to Tenelore. You don't don't get any mm-hmm. of that. So that was a little bit of a, a, a disappointment, but the boss fight itself was great. Marin's using her powers to help you. She's like flying you through the air in the ver- the different stages of the boss fight. It's fantastic, and it culminates with that moment where where Bodhi and Cal both have their pistols pointed at each other, which makes it even it adds even more to it. Knowing that that Cal got the pistol from Bodhi in the first place, yeah. and you see Cal's hesitance. He doesn't want to pull the trigger, and he doesn't do it. And then Bodhi does. His gun jams and Cal knows in that moment, I don't have a choice here and fires that killing shot. And that moment was fantastic. It was handled perfectly. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really, really good final sequence. And the, the, the funeral at the end, I definitely found quite emotional. And, and yeah, it, as far as looking into the future, as I mentioned before, I'm curious to see as, as weird as I've, I found the whole thing with, Carter being adopted by her, her parents' killer. That aside, I'm very curious to see what they do with Carter in the future. I, it very much seems to me like they're, they're setting something up there. This this does feel like it's the middle step in a trilogy to some degree. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I want to see. I kind of want to see old Cal. You know, like let's see, let's uh, let's age him like another twenty years this time carter's grown up and and got a handle on all their force powers and cal's got some the, the nice salt and pepper beard going and he's uh yeah. he's yeah, doing his obi-wan tricks of uh just 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 knowing everything about the force um yeah i'm v- very curious to see what respawn mm. can do with a a third one in the series here is it salt and pepper if you've got a red beard i don't know <laughs> yeah, like true, c- true, cinnamon, you're cinnamon, right. cinnamon, hot cinnamon donut. <laughs> it's got a bit of sugar on it. Yeah. Sugar and cinnamon. Yeah. Salt and paprika. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, a, kind of a you know b- behind the scenes p- 
part of all this is that this is the final Star Wars game published during the EA exclusivity contract with Lucasfilm. It expires later this year. Um, so I wonder how that works as far as Respawn getting a chance to close out the trilogy. Um, due to the success of this, I really would expect that Respawn will get that chance to to finish it out as they intended. You hope that even if... Um, you know, EA signs, or not EA, even if Lucasfilm signs, say, for example, some kind of contract with uh, Activision or, or some other big publisher, um, there would be some kind of clause that allows Respawn to, to make one more game because you wouldn't, like, I, I guess Lucasfilm owns it and not EA, but you wouldn't want another studio to be picking up to finish off the the story that would be weird and i don't really just don't understand how all this mm. stuff kind of works yeah um i'm i'm curious to see what happens there i'd say with the success of this i i'd be shocked if we didn't get a third one i'm, I'm hoping what disney and and uh, lucasfilm are going to do in the future with with uh the star wars ip in video games is just leasing it out on a on a on a case-by-case by by case yeah. basis rather than just having it be exclusive to the one publisher uh we've only just started to see some decent star wars games <laughs> right at the end of that 10-year commitment it was it mm. wasn't looking good with your star wars battlefront microtransaction riddled messes and star wars battlefront 2 with all the loot boxes and all that it, it took it took a while to get here but we're finally getting getting some good star wars games and i yeah I, I really do hope it 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 continues it's a great series it's these two and squadrons they're the only three i think in that time that i would actually say were hits for me like i know that they all sell well because they are star wars games like battlefront sells millions of copies regardless but for for what I want from a game, those three were the only ones really that uh, that I would rate. But you know, they figured it out towards the end. <laughs> and I believe we are we. There is some stuff in the pipeline that is outside of EA at the moment. Isn't David Cage's studio working on a, a yes. Star yeah, Wars right. game? Yep, that's right. And the uh, Kotor remake, if that sees the light of day that's um happening with yeah. saber development hell for that one i was particularly hurt by that because i i never played it back in the day and it, it's one of those ones that looks like it's probably a bit dated to try and go back to yeah. if you don't have the nostalgia there for it so a remake would mm-hmm. have been the perfect way to experience it but uh, hopefully they get it together yeah i think that it would be a, they went pretty far to like announce it for them to just cancel it altogether. But, you know, it happens. You never know. But, um, mm. yeah, it would sell a lot just based on uh, the popularity. All they, all they really have to do is polish it up and give it some modern, you know, combat mechanics for it to, I think, be a success. But they probably were going for a complete from-the-ground-up kind of, of uh, a dealio there. Uh what is your final words on Jedi Survivor, Zach? So, yeah, one of my favorite titles of the year so far, and as I mentioned at the start of the episode, an, an easy recommendation for anyone who's a fan of Star Wars or, or enjoys their Souls-like games, or even if, yeah, you're a bit bit intimidated by Souls-like games and you're looking for something to sort of cut your teeth on, this is the perfect, perfect title for you. 
Uh, I'd just say consider waiting for a, a few patches. I feel like a couple of months down the track, mm-hmm. uh, things might be looking a bit better as far as the performance is concerned. But overall, a fantastic game. And yeah, on, on news to reviews, I gave it a review score of 15 BD1s out of 19 Cal Kestises. Cal, I still don't know what, what the plural will be. Cal Kestisai? Kesties. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kestai? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah. And you know what? With all the people that have dropped this to play um, Zelda, I, I, I think you probably can't really fault them if their intention is to come back to this once it is a bit more polished because um, that could very well be the case by the time they're done in Hyrule. Um, I, yeah, I expect to see this popping up on a lot of Game of the Year lists. I think I probably have it, it's hard to say because it's so different, but a slither behind like Dead Space and Resident Evil 4, um, mm. probably ahead of Hogwarts Legacy, but it def- it's in my top three for sure, uh, game of the year wise from what I've played so far. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, maybe it's like top five, but that's, that's you know, that's pretty good for a year that's shaping up to have some pretty massive game releases i think that um that metacritic score they're probably i think they're probably satisfied with that 85 86 um considering the issues that they've had and if if that um is only improved through patches and whatnot then yeah i think that it's very much worthy of um of admiration from the star wars fan base and uh i think Again, like, you know, almost in the kind of Uncharted, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3 um, spirit, we'll see even more adventures coming with, um, you know, a, a, f- a fine tuning of what is great about this game and the things that they've learnt along the way. Because, you know, even if it's just how to get the game to run on the current hardware, <laughs> they're going to learn a lot from, you know, the backlash and the... Um, the, the moments in the game that it struggles the most and they'll they've got a lot to to figure out as they go and and then we'll we might get respawn to do some pretty cool stuff outside of star wars so it's um it's an exciting you know they're in a good place it's an exciting time for i think respawn to to have another hit on their hands and uh yeah look forward to seeing what they do whether it's this or um another series down the track yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Hope hopefully they do learn from the mistakes of of Jedi Survivor, uh, because it, this series has the potential to be one of the greatest Star Wars game series of all time. I really do hope they nail it with that third one, though. I think <laughs> we're going to be waiting a while before we hear anything about that. Mm, yeah, I mean, this was four years. It's pretty, pretty actually pretty quick for a game this size to get developed um you know compared to for for example spider-man we've got that happening five years apart and god of war was basically five years apart so yeah four four years is a pretty quick turnaround for especially for such a large large game and uh who knows this could be the best star wars trilogy by the time it's by the time it's all done I've got um, all my fingers and toes crossed for that yeah. to happen. I want to play it on the third one on my PS5 Pro at the end of this next console <laughs> generation. I want to be yeah. a smooth 60 frames Star Wars adventure. I can't Ray wait. Ray tracing, all that. Yep. Uh, well, 
dear listeners, of course, you can catch all the 8-bit content at 8bit.net or videogamesculture.com. Uh, more than hentai, hungry gamers, all that good stuff. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Make everybody feel nice and warm and fuzzy about those positive reviews. Uh, Zach, this is a good chance for you to tell us where we can find you and what you've been up to lately. Oh, yeah. So I've got a video game podcast called News to Reviews where we talk about surprise, surprise gaming news and yeah review the games that we've been playing and yeah Lockie and I do this every week we get a different guest on every week Jono you've been on before a whole bunch of the peeps from the 8-bit nation and we always have a good laugh and get into some real good conversations about video games so yeah if you love your video games check out news to reviews anywhere that you listen to podcasts where we're on everything um, and if you want to interact with us on the social medias, then yeah, definitely Twitter is probably the best place to do that. Hit us up there. And our Twitter handle is at news to reviews. And that's with a number two instead of the word two. Very, very good. And of course, you can catch me at Johnny himself. You can catch 8-Bit at We Are 8-Bits. Dear listeners, thank you again for listening. Much love. Stay hungry. And may your lives be spoiler free. I forget what Brendan usually says, but it's something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you said stay hungry as long as that's in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>